which Gossip Girl is now a master cake decorator, why Vanilla is being taken to court, and the company that's selling a 40 pound block of what? We're here with everything you need to know. Sunday and welcome back to Need to Know, where each week we're serving up all the hottest takes on the latest baking news, gossip, entertainment, and online trends fresh from the oven. I'm Mia Brabham, host, entertainment expert, and waitress the musical stan, and today our special guest is Brandy Malloy, who's a TV host, producer, and lifestyle expert. Be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, or like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Now, Grab some breakfast, bake as you listen, or pour yourself a cup of coffee or tea because here's everything you need to know hot from the oven. So first, you might know her from the TV show Gossip Girl or the movie Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, but now she's a bona fide cake decorator. Actress Blake Lively decorated a beautiful cake and posted it to Instagram saying, if I don't get a handshake from Paul Hollywood after decorating this one, I quit. Not only did the Great British Bake Off and the Great American Baking Show judge comment with a stamp of approval, other celebrities like Salma Hayek, Sharon Stone, and Rita Wilson sang their praises too. The flowers, the frosting, the unicorn theme. I mean, what is there not to love? In other news, Vanilla is going to federal court, and yes, we're completely serious. There are more than 100 proposed class action cases that have been filed over vanilla flavoring, many of them filed by the same Long Island lawyer within the two years. The lawyer is arguing that food manufacturers are tricking customers by implying that their products are made with vanilla when they really only have a trace, while the companies are arguing that all that matters is the product tastes like vanilla. I personally want to know what Judge Judy has to say. In the meantime, I don't know, maybe we should bring in the Dancing Lobsters, or even better, Gemma Stafford. Stay tuned. Surprise! Yelp has recently named its top dessert spots in America, and there's one for every state. How sweet is that? I love that. They came up with the list by calculating the total volume and ratings of reviews. Yelp developed this as a way to recognize and support sweet businesses during the COVID-19 pandemic. So thank you, Yelp. I'd love to know which ones you all have been to, and I can't wait to hear what Gemma has to say about this one, too. Another thing Gemma is just gonna love is Gold is launching Irish butter with olive oil this month, and I could cry because I love them, if you don't know. This brand spanking new spreadable butter is made with milk from Irish grass-fed cows and has a subtle hint of olive oil. Their goal in creating this butter was to make the cooking and baking experience tasty, but convenient, which if you're anything like me, is exactly what I look for. It's free from artificial flavors, growth hormones, antibiotics, and preservatives. I promise you this is not an ad, but it might as well be because honestly, we clearly stand Kerrygold over here. So someone, anyone, please make me a Kerrygold t-shirt. I will DM you my address. I will never take it off. I'll share it with it. It's fine. Next up, Telemook is selling a 40 pound block of cheddar cheese, y'all. They're calling it the mother loaf. I cannot believe it. And to give you guys, you know, an accurate picture here, that's the weight of a three-year-old child. That's a 15 foot canoe. That's five Maltese dogs. That's honestly those heavy bags of lawn fertilizer you call someone to help you, you know, carry from the car. It's big. It's a lot. Fun fact, Telemook has had these laying around for years. Literally, they aged some of them for about 10 years, but they're just now becoming available to the public for a limited time. They're also selling cheddar lounge shorts, which I may or may not be wearing next week on the show. We'll have to see. So, 
We all know nonstick pans aren't meant to last forever, but pastry chef Duff Goldman blessed Twitter with a quick fix for potentially harmful, worn-out pans, parchment paper. He told a fan that when you line your baking pans with parchment paper, you don't have to drop loads of money on new bakeware, and you can use your beloved bakeware just a little bit longer. My wallet can breathe. Thank you. Thank you so much. Finally, a baking trend called cake pizza is emerging in the UK. Bakers are using a special triangle cavity silicone mold to bake individual slices of cake that allow for individual servings and customization. This way, every slice can be one of a kind and easily separated from others. It's perfect for COVID times. Plus, there's a little cupcake in the middle of the pie for fun. How about that? I don't know, but does this make anyone else think of Miss Field's cookie cakes? Remember those? Remember malls? Remember seeing people? Remember being around strangers? Wow. All right, time to move on before I start absolutely bawling. To get a real culinary take on what's going on, I think we need an expert. You know her, you love her. Please welcome professional baker, host, cookbook author, and bigger, bolder baking creator, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gemma. Welcome. Hi, Mia. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? You look so dressed up and pretty today. I love it. I put on makeup. I have uh, adult clothes on me, which so it's it's a little bit different. I feel I actually feel a little bit energized by like getting ready and like doing my hair and all those things. So I think I probably should do that more often. (laughs) Same. I put on jeans today. It's giving me a new life. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, And I also (laughs) need to know your hot takes on what's going on this week. So, Judge Gemma, vanilla is clearly a trending topic. I don't know what's going on. Last week, we talked about whether vanilla really makes uh, chocolate taste more like chocolate. This week, there are federal court cases that are raising another question about, about vanilla. So, is vanilla really vanilla without vanilla beans, or does that not count? Um, I think... It's It depends on what, what shape you get it in, shape or form you get it in. It's... Um, it is... Vanilla. Is it the pods without the the beans? Is that it? So it's like in the court cases, this guy, this lawyer's taking companies to court because they're saying they have vanilla in their products. Yeah. But it's well, there's it, no bean. It's there's no bean. Yeah. Yeah. It's still vanilla. Uh, it's, there's vanilla extract. That still is vanilla. The one thing, and I say this quite a lot, Mia, I don't know if you've heard me say this, but there's vanilla extract and there's vanilla essence and Mm. extract comes from vanilla and essence has never pretty much never seen a vanilla pot so it's usually Mm. like the lowest grade of vanilla like a low grade alcohol um not that great uh not very good quality so um absolutely if there's vanilla extract in there that is vanilla if there's vanilla essence in it that's where i would draw the line i don't think vanilla essence is not a is not something that as bold bakers Mm. we use Drawing the line. So hopefully they're listening to this for the court cases. Who knows? Get some expert advice from you. But uh, you got to pay her her fee. All right, y'all. If you are listening, she'll take a fee. Okay. I could be like Judge Judy. (laughs) Yes. Like Judge Judy. Um, Also, you make your own like kind of vanilla extract-esque thing sometimes, right? So um, how should we go about that? So it's super easy. I make uh, vanilla extract. It's actually one of our most popular uh, videos. It's really simple. You get a, a bottle of vodka or maybe even bourbon, yes. something like that. <laughs> uh, so whatever, you have, whatever you have lying around. And vodka is good because it doesn't really have that much flavor. And also mm-hmm. it, um, it, so, so it'll be pretty much just vanilla rather than like a spiced rum. You'll be able to taste the rum. Mm. So a good bottle of vanilla 
oh, sorry, a vodka, don't uh, buy the cheapest bottle in the store because that's when you start to go down like, you know, a lower grade, lower quality um, extract. So mm. get uh, vodka, then um, vanilla pods. You don't have to open them up. You don't have to take out the seeds. Just pop them straight into the vodka, put a lid on. And uh, every day or so for a few weeks, just go in there, give them a little shake, turn them upside down. And it'll take around, usually it's a minimum of five weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll start to see the vodka turn the same color as the pods. You'll open it up and you can smell that it starts to smell more like vanilla. The longer it sits in there, the longer the as longer as time it has the better the flavor of vanilla i can't put my hands on it right now but over here i've got a bottle of extract that um i've been uh, working on for a few months now i go through so much vanilla mia that um it's like it's super important for me to have backup and it's so less expensive than buying you know the 10 dollar little jar at the supermarket i go through that in no time yes so invest in that high quality vodka You don't have to get it from the store and then you can make your own. Wow. Baking really is like magic. I love this. Uh, So another thing we talked about last week in our chat that's kind of come back up is Kerrygold butter. They just keep doing amazing things. So they're releasing a new spreadable butter with olive oil. So how will this kind of change baking with this butter for recipes? Um, What do you think? You know Um, I get asked a lot, can you use spreadable butters? Can you use uh, vegan butters, stuff that are based on oils? And the answer is you can... Like, can you use margarine? Can you use butter? Can you use margarine? And a lot of what times what it comes down to, there's two things, flavor, which I guarantee you if Kerrygold are putting out a butter out there that has olive oil in it, it's going to be damn good butter. Like I already know that. Mm. Um, The... The second thing is, how will it react in your baking? And if you think about it, if I can use margarine here in this recipe, I should be able to also use then another spreadable fat, which will be that um, Kerrygold's new product with the olive oil in it. Now, let me tell you, Mia, recently I've been in the kitchen, I've been experimenting a lot and I started, I probably, this is a little secret because this recipe hasn't come up yet, but I started putting olive oil in my cookie dough and no joke, it is next level. Like, I mean, it's amazing. So if you oh want my to, gosh. like awesome cookies made with Irish butter, it's probably salted, right, Mia? And yes. <laughs> um, olive oil in there, like, oh God, yeah. Best cookie dough ever. So like, don't be afraid, everybody, to use olive oil in your baking. It's becoming a really big trend. And um, it's something that I'm, I'm here for. Like, I'm all about it. Wow, we're here for it. I mean, what can't olive oil do? Also, know, right? we love you, Carrie Gold. <laughs> um, so Duff Goldman, he basically was talking to a fan on Twitter and he was giving tips for, you know, making your worn out nonstick wear or nonstick bakeware kind of last longer. And he says, just use parchment paper. And we all know this is a big thing you do um, and you butter and line your pans. So can you kind of tell us your process behind that and just a little bit of a deeper look into why you should do this while baking? Well, my question to you and everybody is, who doesn't do that? (laughs) Doesn't everybody use parchment paper? And if you're not using parchment paper, what are you doing? (laughs) You butter and line a pan. Every single one of my recipes on my website, on biggerbolderbaking.com, a thousand recipes. The first line is butter and line your pan. So Mm. uh, butter, 
bit of parchment paper, not wax paper, which we can talk about another time. Wax paper is not parchment paper and should not be used for baking. I learned this the hard way. Um, but butter and line your pans. And then also, I'll tell you a little trick, Mia, that we used to do in mm-hmm. kitchens is because we go through so many trays and um, lots, lots of times... Uh, washing your uh, metal trays can actually be do more do- harm than good, especially if they're not mm. dried properly. What I do in my kitchen, and we used to do in kitchens when I was in like Michelin star kitchens and the kitchens all around the world, was that we didn't wash a lot of our baking trays. We just like, uh, we lined them with parchment. When the parchment was old, we got rid of the parchment and it could have had a few uses, by the way. Mm. Always um, you oh. reuse your parchment paper. Do not be afraid to do that. And, Are um, you serious? Oh I've God, been doing yeah. it wrong. I've been throwing it away after every time. Okay, what? now I know. No, reuse your... If, like, I, if I'm making lots of cookies over a few days and there's chocolates, cho- like melted chocolate on the cookies, on the parchment paper, I'll use it again to make more chocolate oh. chip cookies. Don't yeah. be afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... Lion, butter and lion. I went off now on a tangent, but butter and lion <laughs> your pans and... Uh, don't you don't always need to wash them give them a bit of a wipe out get a bit of tissue and just give it a wipe um and this is another thing if you do wash them if you have to wash them that's totally fine what i do um is i turn on if the oven is a bit warmer i turn on the oven i let them dry out in the oven so that they're not wet going back into the drawer just don't uh-huh. forget to take them out uh, before turning on the oven again the next time because i've also done that okay oh wow Good to know. Give it a wipe. You heard it here first on Need to Know. <laughs> Reuse um, also- your parchment paper. This is not single use stuff, everybody. Like, That's- save yourself some money, some hardship, you know, like Mother Earth. Like, you know, reuse that stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. Snaps. Okay, I definitely. That also sounds good to kind of put new cookies over like old melted chocolate yeah. from your last cookies. That sounds amazing. Um, also, okay, so Gemma, a little birdie told me that you hate the word food hack or the phrase I should say food hack (laughs) and all the articles were saying this was a food hack and I was like Gemma is gonna want to talk about this so tell us why is food hack such a weird term for you you know Mia I just like when I think of the word hack I think of um somebody who is kind of cheating is doing Mm. things the wrong way who is going about it a lazier um way than doing it like do it the like I'm from the I'm of the belief where you do it right like the first time and you know you're you'll be okay, but um hack just sounds like somebody that word like the definition is like to like to cheat to come up with like it's not even it just it it irks me because lots of recipes that we do on bigger bolder baking. Um, our microwave cakes, our ice cream, often over the years, people would refer to them as hacks. And like, I trained to be a professional chef. I was, I've been doing this now for, oh my gosh, like 18 years or something. Like I, I, I studied it in college. I studied professional <laughs> cookery. I went and I uh, went to another cooking school. I studied there. I worked around the world. And then mm-hmm. for somebody to refer to my recipes as a hack and refer mm-hmm. to me as a hack, <laughs> a hacker, then I just, I just don't like it. It kind of goes against everything that I think bigger, bolder baking is. So like yeah. we don't cheat. We, we do everything the right way, you know, but we do come up with easier, smarter ways to do things. And that's what bigger, bolder baking is all about. Mm. Baking with confidence. I love it. 
I love it. So, you know, sometimes you bake a lot, but I'm sure sometimes you're like, I just want to go out. I'm going to treat myself. I want something delicious. So Yelp named its top dessert spots in America and it had one for each state. So I'm wondering, uh, California, you live in California. So it was Rochelle's Cheesecakes. I might be saying that wrong. Oh my goodness. In Hayward, California. Have you been? And is there any, if, if there was a Gemma top dessert food, you know, place list, what would you put on your list? So I haven't been. I used to live in San Francisco, so I'm very familiar with Hayward. It's like just outside San Francisco. Uh, I love a good cheesecake. So definitely mm. the next time I'm up in that neck of the woods, I'll check it out. I am, uh, I have my favorites. I like what I like and, and that's pretty much it. But I have my favorites. <laughs> There's a place down the road for me here in Santa Monica called Sweet Lady Jane's. And one of my Oof. favorite desserts from there is a big slice of princess cake you know that Swedish princess cake with Mm. the marzipan and there's like frosting on the inside and it's like really moist cake there's some like creme patisserie and jam in there I adore a princess cake so when it comes time to like for my birthday Valentine's Day I always get a big slice of princess cake but that's what Uh, that would be on my list for sure oh my gosh that sounds so good speaking of Georgie's birthday George's was this birthday. week. Ah, Look, check so- this out. Did you see all this behind me? <laughs> this is for Georgie's birthday. Oh my gosh. I love the decorations. So fun. So speaking of like what's new, you know, with Georgie, with you, with Bigger Boulder Baking, tell us what's going on with you this week. So, well, today's a big day. Um, it's Georgie's, uh, it's a big week. It's Georgie's birthday. And um, it's a space theme. As you can see, we've got it all set up. But, um, you know, Georgie's doing really good. We're uh, we're busy here uh, at the Bigger Boulder Baking headquarters, <laughs> which is our house. And uh, we have a lot going on. We've, um, like, our the podcast, Mia, has, like, been received so well. Oh. And uh, thanks, you know, because you were just a rock star host. Um, oh, but, like, we've busy working on the podcast lining up new guests to have every week it's really exciting we're still cranking away doing videos for youtube and um i'm working on some secret projects that i can't tell you about just yet but when i can uh, you know in the next few months you'll be the first person uh you'll be the first person to know but um yeah we're doing like the world is getting back uh to you know i'm getting back to production getting back to work and uh, it's exciting and george is starting to eat more like eat more interesting things you know he's like he's uh, preferences he's like broadening his horizon when it comes to food so we have uh so it's fun like feeding him and it also it's i love one of my favorite things is actually to give him something like to give him like an English muffin like that I've made from scratch from like sourdough starter or like a piece of like brown bread or like all his purees and fruits and stuff like I love when he enjoys the food that I make Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I have a friend, her son just turned one as well, right before Georgie. And it's so funny because she did a cake smash with him (gasps) and she sent me a video and it was so funny because he didn't like cake. And I was like, who doesn't like cake? (laughs) Because he's only one, but it was so funny because he was like, I don't, he was like, what is going on? Like, what is this? So it's so interesting to see kids and what they start to like. Like they they have their own minds and personalities. They're their own human. And it's so cool to kind of see, you know, what they start to like. So. Well, we're Amazing. doing a smash cake here too um, for Georgie's first. So, so keep an eye on my social media. Um, we will have it on uh, YouTube, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. But yeah, very excited about the smash cake. 
Oh, so excited. All right. That sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us, Gemma. And when we come, thank you. Yes. And when we come back from this break, we're going to be chatting with Brandy Malloy. Stay tuned. If you're like me, you hate to clean. So listen up. Makers Clean is a premium microfiber cleaning tools company that makes cleaning faster, more effective, and less wasteful. It was founded in 2016 by cleaning expert Melissa Maker, who also hates to clean just like me, because she couldn't find microfiber cleaning cloths that could get the job done right the first time. So she tested hundreds of microfiber cloths to find the perfect balance of quality and cleaning power. To learn more about their suite of cleaning cloths, luxury bath towels, Maker's Mop, and other top quality microfiber products, visit makersclean.com. And of course, use the promo code BBB10 to save 10% off your first order. All right, everybody, pull up your seats to At The Counter, a segment where we have a conversation with people who are doing interesting and amazing things in baking. So today, I am so excited. We have Brandy Malloy, who's a brilliant, bubbly mom, baker, host, lifestyle expert. What doesn't she do, y'all? She's absolutely no stranger to TV and entertainment. She was the host for Pop Sugar's Eat the Trend and Get the Dish, two series, Food Network's Let's Eat. And she also frequented the Today Show for cooking and baking segments as a taste maker. I love that Hoda literally held a Millie. Like I'm obsessed with that. I love her. Now Brandy bakes it up at home. She creates all types of fun content for her blog. And she's the co-host of Momhood, a podcast that inspires women on their own unique journeys through momhood with interviews, candid conversations, all that good stuff. You got to go check it out. She's also the mom to little and littler, amazing Millie and Sunny. And she's married to her husband, Mr. Amazing. So welcome, Brandy. Hi, you're here. Thank you for having me. It's so oh exciting God. to be here. And we're so excited to have you. I just, I I can't believe you're here. I'm so excited. So I want to start off by asking a very important question. So you love giving nicknames and your husband, like I said, is Mr. Amazing, hashtag amazing ever after. Love that, that wedding hashtag. And your sweet daughter, Millie, she's seven because of her awesome birthday, seven, seven, 17. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, we know a little bit about the nicknames you've given, but what's the best nickname you've ever given someone before? If you can remember. Oh, okay. So I had this car. It was like my third car. So like my first car was just like a piece of junk, but I loved it so much. It was this Volvo and it was like a primer color. And then I had like a hand-me-down car. I don't even remember. I think I borrowed my mom's car for a couple of years. And then I had this green old Saturn and I named it Mishu, like Mishu Pork. And that I think is a pretty good name. And like everyone would be like, oh, you know, like, are you bringing Mishu? Are you driving? You have Mishu? But yeah. I love giving nicknames. I nickname plants, cars, people. I'm we're we're definitely like a nickname family in our house. And of course, it always ends up being food related. <laughs> yes, I love that. I was at a plant shop the other day and I told the lady at the counter, I was like, her name is Stacy. And she looked at me like I had five eyes. And I was like, I'm sorry, I name everything. I cannot help it. So um, I love, you know, that you've been interested in baking since you were little. I love the visual you painted. You've said that like when you were young, you would, you know, stand on a chair next to your mom as she baked. You know, you're half Irish, half Filipino. You were born in Texas. You grew up in Arizona and you traveled the world because your dad's in the military. Um, so what is the first thing in all those memories and all those places, what is the first thing you remember baking? And then what are some of your favorite baking traditions? 
Definitely. The first thing I remember baking are these ginormous cinnamon rolls and my babysitter would make them. So when I was little, as you said, we moved around every three years. My dad was in the army. And when we lived in Hawaii, I was really little, like three years old. Um, And I remember that our babysitter would make homemade cinnamon rolls. And sometimes she would like prep the dough and then she'd take us to the beach and we'd come back and we would like finish making them and filling them with all the yummy, you know, cinnamon and um, sugar and then frost them. And so I always remember like how big they were, but we've always done a lot of baking. Um, My mom would host these incredible cookie decorating parties and we'd invite everyone over. And I lived on a military base my whole life. So Um, it was just so normal for our door to always be open and families to come over. And depending on whose dad is, you know, deployed or whose mom is in the field or on a business trip, everyone would just come over and we would just bake and decorate. And it didn't matter if it wasn't Christmas time. It just was always (laughs) this tradition we would do no matter what time of year. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I also read that you love, um, you, you liked eating potatoes growing up a lot. So happy Potato Lovers Month, by the way. That's February thing, I guess. You know, every day is a new what? holiday. I need I know, to right? know these things. I'm supposed to be a food trend expert. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been asked a couple times, like, if you could, if you were stuck on a deserted island, like, what would you bring? And it's like, duh, a oh. potato plant, because potatoes are one of the best foods in the world. You can smash them, fry them, mash them, scallop them. They are so delicious. I love potatoes. And now um, we have like these, we were trying to do an edible garden. So we have two planters in our backyard and we've been growing potatoes and it's so cool. Like the feeling is so satisfying when you just grab this little plant and you feel the like strength and tug of the root and then out pops a tiny little potato. It's the best. They're so cute. I love that. That's amazing. And I love that's this is why you're amazing. See, you're so smart because you were like, I'm gonna bring a whole plant. You're like, not just the potato. Like I was just thinking I'd bring French fries or like, I don't know, like a baby recipe potato, like just a few, like boil them up, you know? You're like a whole plant. I love that. Yeah. Um, so one of your first jobs was you washed dishes at Wendy's and then you later worked as a cocktail waitress, and then you even started and ran, which I love, your own dessert catering company. So you've done a lot. What is your philosophy on work ethic and working your way up? Because you are just the epitome of this. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, I think everyone in the world should work in some capacity in the restaurant field. Like customer service, specifically in the restaurant world, there are so many learning lessons there. Um, My dad has been such an incredible example of this. The man served in the military for almost 40 years. He retired when he was 79. Uh, He still works out every day and tends to his (laughs) garden and is always busy. And um, he always taught me, like, you're never too good for work. And especially like now that I've gotten older and, you know, I've done it all. I've washed dishes. I've fetched coffee. I've done things you don't want to do. That's just not fun. But then as you get older and as you get more experience, you get to a point where you can choose yes or no, what work you're going to do. But for me, it's never about, you know, the, the monetary value. Of course, that is such a huge driving force, but it's always like, is this experience going to teach me? Is it going to, 
um, give something back to me and, or am I going to be able to give something back to someone else? And so I try to ask myself those questions as I'm kind of filtering through opportunities or putting my energy into different things. But, um, yeah, I'm never, I'm not too good for anything. And especially now more than ever, we had a shoot yesterday. I mean, I'm the one mopping the floor. I'm the one making sure craft services is set up. You know, I'm script writing. I'm making sure that we're getting the right shots as the producer. I'm hosting. So I think for people listening that think that, you know, when you get to a certain point, you're never going to do those little things. That's not Mm. true. When you take pride in your work and you value it, you want to see everything from beginning to end. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And clearly... I mean, it's all paid off. Like that hard work just landed you where you are today. And so for six years, you worked as a food reporter for Pop Sugar. Mm-hmm. And I went down a rabbit hole, of course, of videos. I have to ask, so were fun. you scared? So <laughs> literally so fun. Like I highly recommend it to everybody listening. You need to go watch these series. Um, it's just it's just so much fun to watch them and to see what was trending through the years, which is kind of, you know, what we're doing on Need to Know. But were you scared to try the grasshopper and tarantula? And are there any other delicacies that you've just been wanting to try that you didn't get to at Pop Sugar? You know, it's funny. My husband, he always teases me. He's like, you just did that so you can say you did it. I'm like, maybe I did. Like, maybe I am that person. Like, back when, when <laughs> I would host people, I'm so shameless. Like, it's I love when my friends come over and they say, oh, my God, that was the most amazing dip I've ever had. Oh, my God, that spread. It's beautiful. I could never do that. Like, I eat it up. Like, I'm, I have no shame in doing something so that I have the bragging rights. So absolutely. Like I am not afraid of anything. I definitely go into all of that with like a fearless attitude. Uh, something, let me think of anything that I haven't tried that I want to, I can't think of anything right now. Something that I'm not into is I'm really not into raw egg. Like that's something Mm. that is really gross. Like the other day, my old producer posted a picture of a raw quail egg in a bed of caviar and everyone on the thread is like, oh my God, that's so amazing. Oh, I'm like getting a food boner. And I'm like, I literally could throw up in my mouth. Like I don't even, I need, I, I need to unsubscribe because like the idea of a raw egg and then caviar doesn't make sense to me. So. Yeah. Have you seen, I don't know if you've ever seen this, that James Corden has a show like this where he, on his, um, his late night show where they eat, you know, and then they yes. do the questions and if they lose, would you ever go on that? Totally. I've thought about it sometimes. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. Invite me. I'm down. I'm ready. James Corden. You know, he's watching this. I mean, come on, let us Let's know. Let us know. Brandy is going to go on the show. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of trying new things, um, is there any, you know, foods that you're really, really excited for Millie and Sunny to try as they get older? And Gemma was just talking about this too with George. She's so excited for him to try new things. So what are you most excited about? You know, so Millie is three and Sunny's 18 months. And I started doing baby lead weaning when they were nine months old. So they started eating solids before they had, you know, a full set of teeth. I've always introduced, you know, sushi very early, all sorts of different proteins, things that are sour and tart and savory. So, um, 
I don't know. They've had a lot. And we are like on Valentine's, I did a takeover for Bigger Boulder Baking. And yes, my daughter was so just good. like gnawing away at her lamb chop. And <laughs> Sonny was that. eating his asparagus and his sun-dried tomato gnocchi. And we had crab legs. Like we really did it up. Uh, so I don't know. You know what was interesting is when my daughter had a piece of candy for the first time, which wasn't like so long ago, I let her have, um, for her third birthday, I did like this fun little dirt cake. And so she got to have like some gummy worms. I was just like, (laughs) oh my God, this is so crazy. You know, and you can just see the sugar like melting into her bloodstream. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. (laughs) This is like liquid hyperness. So that was kind of interesting just to watch, but yeah, they have oysters. They've had a lot of like, how do they like oysters? I'm curious. Um, (gasps) We eat a lot of fish in our house. So I think that the texture didn't bother them. And, you know, it's such a cool activity when you eat an oyster um, by adding like a little bit of lemon or maybe a hot sauce. So chef's kiss. I've, I've taught my kids how to eat in circles. They very much appreciate like flavor. And we always say words like bold and powerful instead of spicy. So mm. last night we had Indian food and my daughter's like going to town on the tikka masala and my son <laughs> was loving the korma. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely one of those moms that started early and was like, let's do this. Oh my gosh. Tell me that Millie loves Oreos as much as you. Has she had them yet? So I'm, I, so I try to keep like our pantry is so cool because there's like all these little hidden places where I keep all my goodies. She has had them. Yes. She has had Oreos before, Yes, but I'm like, those are for mama. Those are mama's special cookies. You can have an animal cracker that by the way has nothing fun on it, but it's okay. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Like I'm a, I'm a working mom. I'm a stay at home mom. Some days I'm a doing all the things mom. And so I really, I, I have seen a hundred percent a correlation between sugar and my children. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so yeah, we really try to just limit those things. Um, it's not like an everyday thing. Brandy, you just, you know, talked about how you're a working, you're a full-time, like you work for yourself full-time and you're a mom and you're amazing. And you're the co-host of this momhood podcast. And one thing I love that you said in an interview genuinely inspired me. You said, I mean, when do I ever stop working? Like I'm working for myself and same. So how has this changed or not changed since becoming, you know, a mom of two now? Yeah. First I want to say all moms work. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, well, I'm a stay at home mom or I'm a working mom. I mean, all moms work. You just might not work outside the home. And I think that there's a lot of parallels with, um, people in general, not taking time to take care of you. Like, I I think also the month of February is about self-love and self-care and really finding time to put your mental health um, first, your spiritual health, your physical health. And so being a mom doesn't change how busy I am. If anything, it just changes my priorities. You know, like I've always been busy, like everyone's busy. Um, my priorities just shift because I have two little babies to take care of. And so my biggest challenge is making sure that I'm also meeting my needs. You know, you have to fill your own cup. You have to make sure that you're doing things that, 
um, that drive you, that keep you creative, that make you feel good because people in general, and typically women in general have this tendency to take care of everyone else before us. So becoming a mom definitely makes your priorities, um, longer, you know, your list of things to do and you always end up the bottom. So it's one of those daily things that I have to just make an intention at putting myself first so that, you know, when mom's taken care of, then I can be a better mom, a better employee, a better boss, a better wife and all the things. Yeah, that's so true. And I love you said, um, whoever you are as a person, that's what kind of mom you can be. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in my twenties and I, I'm like, I want to have kids and I get so worried. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, but my parents are this way too. And I feel like I see this in you. They're like, your life is not over when you have kids. And I feel like so many young people believe that. Girl, it gets better. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so good. It gets better. And, and if, if you're into this kind of thing, my career has gotten better. You know, as like things have grown exponentially and you said this in my intro, but I want to remind you and everyone else, like we are such dynamic beings. So it's like, of course I'm interested in parenthood because I'm a new mom and I've been, you know, I have immersed myself in this new journey and this new role, but I also like food and I'm kind of into like natural skincare. Like we are such diverse, dynamic people that like, you shouldn't have to just limit yourself based on what you want. Um, what what you want to do for a living and going back to the whole, like you're, you know, when you become a mom, you're the same person you were. Mm. I think that's important to remember. Like what's really cool about becoming a mom is you can write the story however you want it to be. You can take all those amazing things that you learned from your parents or from your older sisters or friends that have kids older than you. And you can just take all those cool things and also learn from their lessons and then create the story that you want in motherhood. And it's really, really cool. And um, I think that's one of the best parts about being a mom. Yeah. And you took Millie, like when she was one, I love that you and your husband were like, we're not spending a night away from her. And she went with you to film for today's show. Like that is so powerful. You are such a powerhouse and an inspiration. And seriously, like, I hope everybody listens to this and is so inspired. Like you don't have to give up who you are. Like you said, your career will flourish. It will get even better. So, um, that's so exciting. Yeah, um, You, you gotta do what you gotta do. And it's just like, I mean, yeah, you ha- you got to make it happen because um, if something's important to you, you will make yeah. it happen. And yeah. family should never be a sacrifice of that. So yeah, she I think before age two, she had been on 42 flights. So we okay. took her everywhere and I'm a breastfeeding mama. So I would just make sure I pumped enough milk so that, you know, she had milk and someone could give her a bottle and, yeah. you know, the bond that we had together and this idea that, you know, not only is she watching me continue to pursue my dreams, but like, this is life. Like I'm teaching her, like, this is, this is how it is, you know, Mm. and you can nap wherever you want to nap and we're going (laughs) to go and explore and try things. And like, you're part of this journey now. Like you came into my life. Like I'm not going to (laughs) revolve everything around like this little baby. I'm going to do what makes my life easy. So yes, you know, during nap time, like I try to get my kids down for nap because that that's how I am able to like fuel myself when they're resting and I get my own time. But, 
um, yeah, when you enter that chapter, it is going to be the best. I cannot wait to keep in touch with you and hear all the amazing things. And now I'm going to text my mom and say, thank you for allowing me into your life. Like I really just (laughs) slid in there. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this too. You talked a little bit about spirituality and faith is really important to you. And I want to talk about that. I love that. Um, and especially you said before, you know, you're in a God-led relationship. So where, you know, did your faith journey start and what does that mean to you and how has that looked in your life and with your kids now? Yeah, I'm so grateful that I was raised in a very Christian Catholic home. And I just always saw my parents participating at church, like even just volunteering to read or volunteering to help. And my dad always made um, the environment, our home so easy where there was always an open line of communication. I remember asking Mm -hmm. him questions about Jesus and God and love Mm -hmm. and people. So it starts at home. It starts with like the people that, you know, the only people that you know and trust are your family and whoever's in the four walls that you live in. And so having that example was huge for me. And then, um, during my adolescence years, I had like a really rough time. I actually wore a back brace braces and glasses for four years of my life. You know, I was bullied before bullying was even a thing. So I was, Mm. you know, I got in-house, I was suspended. I got in fights, which was really just bullying. Um, and so I had like, you know, some really dark moments in my life and I just hung on to my faith and this idea that like, I am all loved and nothing that I can do takes that away. Um, and then seeing my parents translate that love into serving others. One of my favorite quotes is, um, I'm trying to think of it right now, but like the idea that even for people that don't know God, like let them, if they know you, they know God's love. Mm. Um, and another one by, uh, I think it's mother Teresa in order to find yourself, you must first lose yourself in the service of others. Like that has always been so powerful to me that like, I have all sorts of different talents and gifts. And one of those is being a good listener. Um, Mm. and that's how I can serve others. That's how I can like show people that they're loved. And, um, as far as my kids, I'm, I'm grateful that I met a man that is also believes in having a strong relationship with his faith. And so we pray before each meal, we set weekly intentions about how we want to live in something that's like a family mission statement of ours is we always say, like, allow us to be a blessing to others. Like let mm. opportunities come to us where we can be a blessing. Um, like, please, like always remind us that like we, we're so, we have no problems. Like we're healthy. We're here. We can be, um, we can serve others. And so letting my, my daughter see that. And my son is is really important. Yes. I love that. My favorite quote is my life is my message by Gandhi. And I feel like that's a lot of, you know, what you put out in the world, you know, that people can see that they can see, you know, your love for God, for Jesus. And I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, just, yeah, our lives are messages and everybody, you know, you're just a walking message for, you know, what you want. So I love that. Um, and speaking of Mia, cause in this day and age, everyone thinks about like what their brand is and it's like, you've Mm. always had a brand, you know, we've always had brands. It's like, you know, think of all the things that a friend would say about you. Like that's your brand because that's how you live your life. And I played sports my whole life. And my dad would always say, you're the same person on the court as you are off the court. And so I think about that. It's like, you can't be, you have to be authentic all the time. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I love that. My life yeah, is character message. and message over brand. Like that is your brand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
I I think it's, you know, your Scoliosis story um, that you told too. I remember you saying something um, that really, you know, struck a chord in me about how all it takes is one person to be kind. Like you had one person one day who made you feel seen. And like you said, you're a good listener heard. That's so important. Um, and I think that's a lot of who you are, which is great. So getting, you know, back to the kitchen, this is all yeah. kind of wrapping together, but, um, I love this. You said that you and Millie listen to Taylor Swift all the oh. time, which I love. And you know, like all the words to love her. So I was wondering, you know, is this your favorite thing to listen to in the kitchen or is there something else you like to do while you're baking? Oh my gosh. It totally depends. Like I'm one of those people that can't meal plan because it depends on what I'm feeling. So the same mm. thing is with music. Like it depends on like what vibe I want. And I really yeah. feel like music transcends into food, into moods. And like, obviously scents play a huge role in that. So it is like totally fickle and based on like what I'm vibing with, what I'm feeling. Like I'm such a country music lover. So sometimes yeah. I'm like blasting country music depending on like the mood of the space and what kind of like energy flow I want. So it really just depends. It just depends, but we love a good Tay Tay. I love, we love to have dance parties all the time. I love yes. to make a mess in the kitchen. I feel like if you don't make a mess in the kitchen, then you're not doing it right. Like, mm. um, I encourage my children to participate. Like I said, my son is only 18 months and he's been in the kitchen with us since I was carrying him you know, on my chest. And so I let them do everything, taste everything. I think it's so important that we invite those opportunities for our children, whether your kids are young or you think they're not interested because they're a teenager. Like I would really challenge you to invite them and create an opportunity for them to participate. And um, in our kitchen, it's very much about autonomy and independence. Mm -hmm. So my kids have their own drawer. And so if they want a <gasps> snack, they get the bowl, they bring it to me, they get the snack, they bring it to me and I help them pour, you know, Millie knows how to use scissors and knives and they have their toddler stools mounted, you know, in a specific area with their boards. So, you know, their yogurts in the fridge, everything is so that they are empowering themselves this is their home too. So they have their snacks easily. And I also think it's been good with um, making sure that there's a healthy relationship with food. You know, yeah. I talked about sweets, how we're not big into like candy all the time and sweets all the time. But when we put their plate in front of them, oftentimes there's, there is a little something sweet at dinner time, And my son will still eat all of his asparagus before he <laughs> grabs like the little sliver of cake or whatever we put on there or the yogurt pop, because it, it isn't something that I use as a weapon or a tool that if you finish all of this food, you get that. So um, just little things that I've, I've implemented because, you know, I'm the mom now and I get to, <laughs> you know, start traditions and do things in my house. Yes. You are on your stool next to your mom. Now your kids are in the stool next to you. I know. It's amazing. And you mentioned too, I'm, I'm genuinely curious about this. So you mentioned asparagus, so like greens, mm -hmm. you said that you ate a pregnant, like a pregnancy inducing salad or labor inducing salad. Yes. Is this real? Did that really work? Like, do you think that was it? it did it do the trick? Okay. I mean, <laughs> so if you're listening, you guys, and you're interested in birth stories, you have to go to my blog, brainymalai.com and read my birth stories with both of my kids. So when I was pregnant with Millie, who's my oldest, um, I felt like she was going to come that weekend and it was 10 days before she was the date that the doctor had told me, mm -hmm. but I just felt like it was time. 
Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I went and got this salad at this place in Studio City and it's just very herbaceous and it's filled with oregano and lots of olive oil. And yes, they have this pregnancy journal and all, and like anytime you go, no matter what time of the year, there's at least a couple pregnant women like scarfing <gasps> down the salad um, and there's yes. like a big chalkboard and you can write your baby's name on there. And then you write in the journal and you order the Aww. salad and yeah. So I picked up the salad and Mia, I believed it was going to work that I didn't even eat it there. I brought it in the car and drove to my house and then I ate it. And I was like, Oh my God, I think she's going to cut. She, we didn't know what I was having because we wanted yeah. it to be a surprise. So I'm like little amazing's coming like by this weekend. <laughs> and my husband's like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, I started doing all the things. And then that night my water broke and I was like, <laughs> this baby. Uh, but for my second, I ate the salad and I don't know if it's cause he's a Leo, he's a boy. Oh my gosh. But Leo's. it didn't work. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. Like I was, I was actually about to be late. And typically when you have your second, you know, the mm-hmm. baby's supposed to come sooner or right on time. And then I got stressed that maybe it was a little girl and I thought it was a boy, but we were waiting again. Cause both of our pregnancies, we waited to find out the sex. Wow. So then I'm like, oh my God, it's a girl. And I've been talking to her like it's a boy. And she's just <laughs> telling me like, I'm staying in this womb. It's so cozy. Um, but then he did finally come. So yeah, but I do think the salad works. Um, so before we get to our speed round, one last question. Oh my gosh, there's a speed you know, round? <laughs> there's a speed round coming. There's a lighting round coming. I'm so excited. Uh, so you say, you always say you're a journalist first and then your love for food and baking just kind of highlights that. Like you, like you said, we're all dynamic. Like you can mix all of those things together and clearly it's just, you know, your passion for both have really coincided. So Gemma's whole thing is, you know, bake with confidence. So what inspired you to start baking with confidence? Because I mean, you literally wrote your own freaking recipes for your food network show. So what just gave you, you know, this air of like, I can do anything in the kitchen. You know, when I was approached to host the show on pop sugar, I remember the owner of the company was like, we, we would love for you to host the show. And I just said, well, I'm not culinary trained. And she looked at me and she's like, we don't want someone culinary trained. Like we want that at home cook, that girl next door, because we want it to be approachable. We want these recipes to be easy for someone that isn't confident in the kitchen to see you doing it with five ingredients or less or with so much fun um, and for them to feel powerful. And when she said that, I realized that's so true. And that's one of the reasons why I love Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman. And um, a lot of people that I've watched on television is because they make it approachable and easy and fun. And so I think as soon as you can believe in yourself and ignore, like there are so many amazing, talented people out there, but they're never going to be you because we are all so individual and unique in our own right. And as soon as you can just continue to tell yourself that, uh, you can really highlight who you are and the story that you want to share. Oh my gosh. That's perfect. Thank you, Brandy. So we're going to head into our speed round, our lightning round. So I have a few questions. Don't think too hard. First thing that comes to mind, okay. just, just say it. Okay. Are you ready? We need I to think like so. a countdown. Okay. Three, two, favorite baking utensil. <laughs> Microplane. <laughs> favorite childhood treat. Ooh, cotton candy. Ooh, that sounds so good right now. <laughs> Favorite late night snack? 
oh my gosh, I have to have like cheese, crackers, jam, chocolate, like basically charcuterie without the meat. It's my second dinner. And moms that are listening, you know, you always have a second dinner because we have to eat so early because our kids need to get in bed. So yeah. All oh my things. gosh. You literally. <laughs> my daughter just walked off. She's Hi, supposed Millie. to be napping. Oh Hi, my goodness. Millie. Oh my gosh. Millie, you can answer oh these with God. us too. Oh, you can't hear her yet. That's Miss Mia. She said hi. Hi, Why Millie. Can we not hear because her? mommy has her speaker. You can wave to her. I'm wearing the speakers in my ear. You I'll be. I know. I'll be right there. We're almost done. Okay, we're in a meeting. <gasps> oh my gosh. She's Someone so slid cute. out of her bed during nap time. Okay. <laughs> She's like, hello, what's going on? I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, I just bribed my daughter with chocolate that I keep in my bag that she just found. You gave her your secret stash? Only oh, man. A, only so you're a good piece. mom. You're a good mom. Only one piece. You were like, I will do this. Oh, I love this. This just I mean, really made my whole day. We got a real peek, it, peek into momhood. Also, that really scared me <laughs> because know. she's supposed to be in her bed sleeping. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This okay, is I'm back. Gold. I'm back. <laughs> gold. I love this. Okay. Woo. Okay. Your favorite baking show. <laughs> Ooh, my favorite baking show. Huh. I mean, guys, I judge on Guy Fieri's grocery games, and I know it's not all baking, but that show, it's so good. So good. Like, it's it feels so good. These people are amazing. That, yeah, one of my favorite shows, even if I didn't work on it. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I mean, you can't say no to that. Amazing. Okay, favorite person to bake for? Hmm. Favorite. Oh, my mom. I made her this incredible, like, I don't know, six layer birthday cake years ago. Um, She was actually in um, California taking care of my grandpa. And I like made the six layer cake with almond buttercream and so many berries. And it was so beautiful. And it just, everything aligned, you know, like I didn't have the recipe written and she still talks about to this day. And so, but of course I like it because she always mentions it, you know, like I'll bake for my husband and he's like, oh yeah, that was good. But like, you know, I'm not a big sweets person, and I'm like, but I just put my blood and sweat and tears into this cake. You better like bow down to me. Um, yeah. So it's like when someone actually appreciates it, then I just want to keep doing more of it. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm always like, Dan, tell me this tastes very good. Like, tell me this is the best thing you've ever had in your life. And I'm like, can we mix up the moaning? Like, just like, oh, it's good. I'm like, can we just like really like listen to, maybe we need to close our eyes and really listen to what our palate's telling us. Like, are your taste buds jumping? Are you just ignoring them? I'm really into like, can you just tell me the experience, please? Yeah. Am I bringing you back anywhere? Are we in grandma's house? No. A place We need to bring- we need to bring Mr. Amazing to the counter and he needs oh to answer God. for this. So maybe oh next God. episode, maybe next time. Um, yeah. Okay. And then finally, your least favorite baking question. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, can I just say something, Mia? I don't like when people tell me I don't know how to bake and I don't know how to cook because then I just look at them like, do you know how to read? Because there's something called a recipe and you certainly know how to make IG real and you know how to like text people and you know how to drive and follow directions. 
I don't know. I just wish more people would just embrace it instead of always saying like, I'm not that. Well, I'm not a baker, mm. only a cook, or I'm just a cook. I'm really not into baking. There's too much science. There's like baking soda involved. <laughs> I wish people would just like chill out. It's a cupcake. Like grab a box and maybe do a hack and add some dry pudding or something or make your own frosting, but do the box mix. I don't know. So I guess that's one of my questions that kind of perturbed me is when people are just so um, like anti or just narrow-minded about one specific thing. So it's like, chill. yeah, it's sugar. <laughs> chill. Come on. Yeah. A cupcake yeah. is really not like once you really get to the bare bones, it's like, just throw it in, just throw it in the bowl and bake it. It's fine. Yes. Everything. It's going to taste good. You really, it's fine. <laughs> um, so thank you for coming on Need to Know. We are so glad that you came. Where can we find you? Where can everyone, if, they are, if they're out there saying that they don't know how to cook or bake, I mean, clearly they need to go to your website. That's what I yes, think. Yes. <laughs> let's have fun together. So follow me on Instagram at Brandy Malloy, B-R-A-N-D-I-M-I-L-L-O-Y. My blog is the same, brandymalloy.com. And you can find me on Facebook and Twitter as well. And yeah, let's get in the kitchen together. Yes, let's have fun. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hot Mess Mia, on uh, Instagram at Yours Truly Mia. And don't forget, we're just starting out this podcast, so be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, leave a comment, tell us, you know, who you want next. Maybe Mr. Amazing or Millie is the next interview. (laughs) And we can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you all. And we'll see you next week on Need to Know. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.